morning, outlets. Well, at least it's morning here <laughs> yeah, in or, the basement studio. Or afternoon or evening or whatever whatever, whatever it is when you're listening. Yeah. And stop being a timist, Samantha. I'm I, sorry. I, I don't know if I can keep hosting the show with your rampant timism, but anyway. <laughs> Today in the weather. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining. And our weather might not be so different from our very special guest today it's because very true. he's not that far away from I us. I know, right? I mean, you, this might be our first in-state guest. Yes, I think it, it no, no, ML Keller, also oh, in-state. Oh, that's right, she is yeah. in-state. Our second, our in second in-state in guest. guest. <laughs> we are crisscrossing Ohio, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we are. Yay, Ohio! <laughs> yes. I don't think you hear that too often. No, not so much, but, okay. Okay, you know, moving it, on. it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Special guest today. Yes. Hi. As always, we are very excited. This one is just up the road from us in Columbus. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I'm excited about this one <laughs> because, you know, I don't know him well, but I already know we have some things in common, which is kind of cool. So, you know, there's that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to our show, Alexander Thomas. Hi. <laughs> Good morning. Thank you guys so much for having me. And yes, I am coming to you from Drury, Ohio today because it is also raining and where I am. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Spring. But I mean, it's Ohio. So like, give it a minute. It'll change to something else. Exactly. Yes. 15 so minutes true. from now, it'll be like a blizzard or, you know, even though it's, you know, April, May. It's May. It's May. the random sandstorms that get me. I don't understand where the sand comes from. <laughs> Un- completely understandable. This is true. Yeah, yeah. I guess the I guess the dunes up on the lakes aren't that big, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today talking about uh, whatever you guys want to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We're really happy to have you on the show too. I appreciate that attitude. Whatever you guys want to talk about, because you know I'm a megalomaniacal oh. control freak. So you know, there's that. <laughs> very very dangerous to leave us in charge. Yes, it really <laughs> is. <laughs> Have you listened to the show before? Do you yeah. know what happens when we're in charge? Yes. <laughs> I am a big fan of the show. I've actually enjoyed the, all the episodes I've heard so far. Thank you very Thanks. much. Oh, that's really cool. Thank you. A, a writer who's, I really love the premise yes. for the novel that uh-huh. we're going to be talking about today. And an outlet. See? I, I knew I liked him. I know. I know. <laughs> so, yes. Alexander Thomas, your uh, first novel. The Magician's Sin recently came out, so why don't you tell everybody what the novel is about? I love this premise, so I want to talk about this a little bit more, but please tell everyone what it's about. Awesome. So I know as of today, which could be the past for some of the people who are listening, Mm -hmm. the book Mm -hmm. came out yesterday on May 3rd, so I'm very excited. It's the day after book birthday, so <laughs> yes. <laughs> the uh, the magician's sin is a is about a grizzled wizard who has to come out of retirement when his ex wife gets abducted, and it's set in the 1930s. He goes up against mobsters, monsters, magic, and mythology in this quest to try to save her before this terrible cosmic event takes place. Wow, I I love that concept. That sounds awesome. It, it I love it because it's it feels like now i have not read it yet i'll be honest i have not read it yet but it feels like it is noir mixed with fantasy it's almost got like with the cosmic aspect it's almost got like a it feels like the superhero comics that i grew up reading Mm -hmm. like where you could Mm -hmm. have all these completely disparate genres all coming together in one and i love that and it's almost like a 
cosmic Dresden files kind of thing going mm-hmm. on. It just sounds really freaking cool to me. So, you know, yeah, I, I, I love tell roots. people that it's sort of like Casablanca meets Dresden files. Oh, that nice. makes perfect sense. Wow. Yeah. The yeah. weird thing is the people I tell who understand Dresden files don't usually know what Casablanca is and vice versa. <laughs> 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 nice. Oh, that love it. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, superheroes is a big influence for me, and I do take sort of a kitchen sink approach to my world building. I like to, I wanted to create a world where there is all this magic and super science and aliens and all sorts of anything could pretty much happen. I, I love that, and even just from you know hearing descriptions and everything, you get that sense, which I love because I love those those kind of worlds mm-hmm. where you know anything is possible in, in all the best ways. Yeah, I think there's some big Avengers movie or something that came out recently that yeah. that has a similar approach. Yeah, so I, I think mean, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll find an audience that enjoys it as much as we do. It, it, it's not like I already saw it on opening day, and I'm taking my daughter <laughs> to it today or anything. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think that movie's going to do okay. Yeah, I think I think it might make a little money. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You were about to say something, Samantha, before we went off on the Avengers tangent. Oh, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to sit here. Uh, no. <laughs> what I was going to say is I, I think that it's really cool when an author goes all in on their world building because mm-hmm. sometimes you're you're reading something and then there's just like this little glitch and you're like, oh, wait, am I, what world am I in now? Yeah. But it sounds like with, with your stuff, you just, like, commit 100%. It's like mm-hmm. you have thought about details that aren't even in your novel. Yes. That don't appear in your novel, but you could answer them if someone asked you the question. I, I do take an iceberg approach to, um, especially the world building that appears in the novel. I like to give sort of 10% that's relevant and then know the 90%. And the 90% might not ever is something that somebody finds out or somebody asks about but as the author it is your responsibility to have at least an answer for most of the questions that you can think of yeah absolutely i mean you never know where you're going to be reading your novel and have someone come up to you and be like so how does you know the medical system work in your world and you're gonna be like oh uh, well i know the answer to that so here i go mm-hmm. yeah right mm-hmm. i think that's awesome i do too yeah, I know. You're gloating. You are just, you are I, like, I, no, there, is like this, there is I'm, like this shine, this like brilliantness I'm, coming off Jay George I'm, right now because he does the exact same thing. I cannot tell you how many times we were in the I'm, cube prison and yes. like he would jump up out of his desk and run over and be like, oh my gosh, I just thought of this really cool thing. And he described the entire thing to me and I would be like, oh yeah, where does that appear in your novel? And he goes, it doesn't. And then he goes sit back down. Like, for the record, I'm not glowing. Or not gloating. I was glowing. I was yes, just, that's, that's true. Yes, I was just okay. happy that somebody else does the same yes. thing that I do because I love that approach to world building. I and, love it. And I will say that I do think it's, it's a unique approach, especially today, because there mm-hmm. seems to be so much focus on crank the story, crank the story, crank yes. the story. But there's something to be said for stepping back and giving it depth because... When when you read something that the author has truly thought about, you can feel that yeah, as a you, reader. You can tell, yes. So, I think it's awesome. That's not something that I do too often, so... Right. I get it, but, you know... Kudos well, to both of you. I certainly appreciate that. Um, and I did want to do a lot of the world building up front, 
because I am planning on writing a very lengthy series set in this universe. Nice. That was actually my exact next question for you, so expand on that, please. <laughs> so the the rough plan right now, and I will. It's going to be. It's going to depend on what the publisher allows me to get away with. But my rough plan <laughs> is to write a trilogy in each decade leading up to the modern day, set in Titan City. Well, the Magician's Sin takes place in the question. 1930s. So really the cool. first one's 1930s, and then my next trilogy will be during the war. And then I'm probably going to jump to the 70s, or sorry, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and then modern day. So I'm looking at like 18 to 20 books, hopefully, that I could write in this universe. Nice. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love so it. So what you're saying is, is your fans will be able to find you for the next 50 years. That's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, or whoever I get to replace me if I drop dead writing books. Uh, I mean, I have a candidate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Have you ever thought about letting other writers write in an anthology? I'm just saying. (laughs) I have thought about that. Um, I because I do one of the one of the real perks about writing superhero fiction is I can write a lot of short fiction that Mm -hmm. stars villains who I don't think can carry a whole novel length story, but are interesting villains who I think should fill in some of the gaps between, you know, yeah. the Thanoses and the, the real big bats. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, oh. I love not only is, does that give the world more depth mm-hmm. and you really get to build mm-hmm. it out more, but it's also gives the fans something that a world that they can live in, which my favorite fiction is, is where I fall in love with the world and want to live in that world. And, you know, you love the characters, mm-hmm. but you want to enter that world. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, I definitely agree. I think there is a lot to be gained from having a world that has openings for fans to fill in some details, especially in regards to fan fiction with the way modern, the way modern audiences mm-hmm. consume their media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think you, you said something really interesting to me, and it's something that as writers we don't necessarily think about all the time, but you said that there, you have cre- like you can create characters that can't carry a full story. Mm-hmm. It's like we use the phrase "kill your darlings" yes. um, because you know you're gonna get those characters sometimes mm-hmm. that you love, but you can't write seventy thousand words about yeah. them, and so it's it's nice to hear another writer say something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I know this character can't carry the story. Mm-hmm. but they would be really good in the short form. Yes. Um, not everybody can be a lead. <laughs> no, not everybody can be a lead. And I think that's something I learned in my acting background. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. oh, this gets exciting. Yes. Acting <laughs> background. <laughs> yes. Tell us more. <laughs> um, so I am, I mean, I'm not a professional actor or anything, but I do, um, I do community theater around Columbus and I've been doing that for a couple of years now. And uh, I actually, I wrote a short jukebox musical that opened yesterday as well. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. Nice. Wow. So this is like the best week of your life? <laughs> it's up there. It is definitely up there <laughs> as far as weeks go. <laughs> That's awesome. I, we were just, we were just looked at each other. We were wondering if you knew one of our other guests because he does community acting and stuff near Columbus. So yeah. oh, that was another Ohio guest we've had yep. here, Mark. Oh yeah, Mark Dubovac. Yeah, so. I don't know if hi, you Mark. Know. hi Mark. Hi <laughs> Mark. I 
I do know Mark Dubovic. I don't know him very well, but I have. I think I've. I think I've been in a production with him before. Well, wow! There you go. Now yeah, you've now, both been on Shameless Plugs as well. I mean, we are just making connections. <laughs> yep. Here. We're in the Shameless Plug cinematic universe now. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and wow. I have a lot in common with both of you. So That's yay. true. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys, you guys need a third musketeer because I, you can, you can have him for a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's like an hour and a half drive. It's cool. I mean, yeah, it's nothing. Gives you time to listen to a lot of music. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which I would. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Or podcast because yeah. really, when you travel, podcast is where it's at. Clearly, like ours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we've touched on the fact that. You're a renaissance man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to ask a question about one more thing. You've written for role-playing games. Tell us about yeah. that. Um, so role-playing games is sort of the first place I cut my teeth in writing, professionally at least. Um, for about eight years now, I've been a freelance game designer, and I've worked on Mutants and Masterminds, and they, uh, there's a horror game that's sort of a horror pulp game called Quantum Black that I've been involved with, and I just started writing for a new game called Blue Rose. So it's been a lot of fun um, learning all of that stuff. And it's been a... I mean, I've been a gamer since I was 11 years old, so it's been, it's been a constant part of my life. Nice. So <laughs> I'll say this. I used to play Champions, another superhero role-playing game, back in the day. It's been a while, but doing the research for this episode, I knew of Mutants and Masterminds, but I've never played it. Now it's like I want to go out and I want to buy all the source books. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will probably be buying a good amount of your work in the coming weeks. So tell us about like you know what that process is like writing for role-playing games and how different it is from writing novels or short stories. So game design and author work, I say, are complementary but different skill sets mm-hmm. um, because there are some there's some baggage you bring to both projects as an author and as a game designer. Um, the process for me, at least, because I'm a freelancer, is I contact the company who is producing material that year. And I say, hey, I'm available to help work on anything you have, and then they pitch basically what they want me to do, and. Uh, most recently, they wanted me to design supervillains for them. So they said, hey, hey, come up with 10 supervillains, send them to us, and then we'll work, we'll approve or deny them, and we'll edit them, and we'll work together to make them the best they could possibly be for our product. Um, and then I sit down, and I do, I usually write out the background of the character before I do any of the numbers work, because I want to make sure they're a strong character before I, before I do the math, because I hate math. Um, and then i send the whole thing off to them and they they send back their edits and it's very similar to any other short i I would liken it to a short story project if you have an editor who's working with you to put an anthology together okay um i will say that the um (laughs) the author in me often wants to put the characters in a box but you have to sort of leave them open because a GM has to be able to take that character and put it into any game that they have come up with right, right, or whatever their personal situation is. So you can't get too specific and you can't fall in love with too many story-based ideas. Mm-hmm. So, so was working for the, the, the gaming industry, was that kind of like your, what do you want to call it, your 
full-time job until you could be a writer? Did you think of that as like your bridge to writing or were they always kind of running in sync? They were always sort of running in sync because unfortunately I still haven't made enough money in both worlds to, you know, make that my full-time gig. Mm -hmm. I work in a call center right now. So that's, that's sort of the day job while I'm working on hopefully, hopefully this year I'll be able to transition to full-time writing. You got it. You can do it. Yes. You got this. We're rooting for you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So do you find that the work you've done creating these characters and so on for role-playing, has that strengthened your, your novel or short story writing? Has it changed the way that you write? How has it influenced what you do in the... I'm trying to think of the term and I can't think of the term, but in your other writing let's just put it that way yeah i will um so one of the big benefits of role-playing and writing for role-playing games is i have to think entirely of the character and how that character thinks and acts and what they're going to say and do and it's given me a very strong sense of creating unique characters and sort of inhabiting their mind the uh, star of the Magician's Spin actually started off as one of my Mutants and Masterminds player characters. Wow. So he was cool. a character that I was, you know, every Friday night I would show up and I would I would pretend to be a, can I say asshole? A wizard asshole. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. you can say it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that really, it really helped when I moved into the writing the prose section because I had already inhabited him and I've, I was forced to think the way that he thinks on my feet. Mm-hmm. So it's great for improv. It's great for staying in character. It's great yeah. for all of those sort of, all of those things that you need to be cognizant of while you're, while you're writing from somebody's point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you ever create like a super villain and you're like, Oh my gosh, I hope I don't run into this dude when I'm playing the game. <laughs> Yes, but I have a few supervillains that I've created that I'm like, well, what was wrong with you when you did this, Alex? <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, the, the character you create in your novel where you're like, I never want to see this guy in real life. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for you, though, it's such a real possibility that yes. you could see that guy in real life. Yeah. Well, in... In real gaming life? In real gaming life. Yeah. 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 Real gaming life. Somebody could use him as my comeuppance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So we've talked a little bit more about mutants and masterminds than the others. Tell us about what you've done with the other mm-hmm. role-playing games that you've worked on. Um, so with Quantum Black, I was a, I have been a Kickstart goal twice for that system, where um, if they raise a certain amount of money, they were going to hire me to write an adventure, which is oh, wow. in its own way a sort of a short story. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure short story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With unlimited options yes <laughs> um the one i'm real uh, the one i'm most excited about for quantum black i wrote a um i wrote an adventure called trouble in paradise where the agency finds out that there's a marriage institute where people are going and they're becoming completely new people and they're finding love again and when they get there the um the agents find out that it's because they're sacrificing people to this horrible spider god, and they're <laughs> replacing them with spider monsters in human skin. Oh, so, wow. oh. yikes! Yeah, it's a it's a spooky, scary game. Yeah, it does not nice. sound like the right way to find love. That sounds no, like no. going on Tinder already. I've never been on Tinder. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> wow, I've never used Tinder. Wow. <laughs> 
Throwing the heat this morning. Sorry, Tinder even, users. Even Sorry, when... Tinder users. Even. Whenever I think the Tinder we... users agree with you, if I'm being <laughs> they probably, honest. They probably do. See? <laughs> it's been a long time since I was single, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But... Now, the OK Cupid people, they're going to be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> one of One of my good friends met his now wife on OK Cupid. Really? Yep. And they bonded because of uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's right, I remember that. He yeah. had a, a <laughs> joke in his profile that was related to It's Always Sunny, and she really liked it. And Yep. And now she's stuck met. with him. Yeah, now she's stuck with him. <laughs> and I almost caused them to not get married by accident. That's a whole other story, though. I'm going to shut up now. It's a whole other podcast. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. That will take way too long. In my defense, it's because I'm not on Facebook and knew nothing that was going on, so kind of stuck true. my foot in my mouth and almost caused their relationship to end, but I didn't, so. That's moving just, on. That's, yeah. <laughs> moving on. <Yes. laughs> I'm going to hit the and, gas pedal and go forward. And now I'm the asshole without the wizard powers. True, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Too bad. Should have had wizard powers. It makes it way easier to get away with it. God, I know. Man. <laughs> If everybody just had wizard powers. Mm -hmm. No, I want to be special. I don't want everybody to have wizard powers. Okay, never mind. Not everybody should have wizard powers. No. But everybody should still have a Hogwarts house. Oh, that's absolutely (laughs) true. What what is your house? Yeah. Uh, Every time I take the test, it says I'm a Slytherin, but I don't feel ruthless. (laughs) Maybe that's not up to you. Like, maybe other people decide if you're ruthless or not. I would I, think yeah, so. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I'm not sure that one is up maybe, to you. I mean, but... Yeah. Maybe There's just, a lot of personality traits that people are like, I'm this, and I'm like, you don't get to decide that. You don't get yeah, to decide if yeah. you're funny. Everybody else decides if you're funny. Yeah, right, yeah exactly. Agreed. That's very yeah, true. Yeah, that, that one is absolutely maybe, true. Maybe it just thinks you're cunning and ambitious. There you which go. Which are the positive traits of a Slytherin. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's look at it that way. Yeah, I like that. I mean... It, Jag- get, it gets me completely wrong. So. Jag is really good at looking at his house positively. <laughs> I put a spin on it. I know you do. I know you What's do. your house? Uh, I'm a Ravenpuff. You are not. <laughs> I'm a Ravenpuff. <laughs> According to the sorting hat, I am a Hufflepuff. <laughs> mm. So do they have Ravenpuffs? Is that a, like, the I've Hufflepuffs made a aspire thing. to that? <laughs> I have made myself a Ravenpuff, so... I'm going to make an enemy of all the nice people in the world by <laughs> trash-talking Hufflepuff. <laughs> no, according to the sorting hat, the first time I did it, I got Hufflepuff. I wanted Ravenclaw because yeah. I feel like I'm a Ravenclaw. But the sorting hat told me I am a Hufflepuff. And then, of course, everyone who knows me started taunting me about being a Hufflepuff. It's true. <laughs> including, like, people at work actually buying Ravenclaw banners and putting them up just because they got Ravenclaw and to taunt me with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and my daughter bought me a Hufflepuff pop socket for, Mm -hmm. uh, it was my birthday or Father's Day or something, so basically everybody taunts me with being a Hufflepuff because they know I think of myself as a Ravenclaw. So your daughter's a straight savage. She, oh, she's definitely a Slytherin. My daughter is absolutely a Slytherin, and I love her to pieces, but she's a Slytherin. She hasn't taken the test yet, but she's a Slytherin. (laughs) And then the second time I took the the test using a different, because on the official Pottermore one, using a different email address, it called me a Gryffindor, which I'm not a Gryffindor. Mm. I am absolutely not a Gryffindor. (laughs) 
I think the sorting hat's just like getting attached to your head, and it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Think, I think the sorting hat is an asshole wizard who's just messing with me. <laughs> Oh, he definitely is. I think there's a I think there's a jerk that's stuck inside that hat, and that's his punishment. It's just to sit on people on kids' heads for all eternity. That makes sense. Wow, Fan unraveling the mysteries. Fan fiction. Also, he likes butt stuff, but that's just because that's what J.K. Rowling's all about now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like what it. did you get? I don't even remember what you got. Did you you got Ravenclaw, didn't yeah, you? Did. Yeah, yeah, you got Ravenclaw. There's a one uh, more person for you and for all our outlets out there. We have an uh, an early episode where um, I go through the sorting hat process because, on the air on the air. Yeah, yeah. because <clears throat> I, I never read Harry Potter. Yeah, so um, it was a whole new world for me, and it was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of fun to listen to the reactions. Of yeah, and... J. A. George as I answered questions. Yeah, and I, I also oh, got a terrible cool. Patronus, but. What? I love my Patronus. I know you love your Patronus. I don't love mine. I am well aware you don't love yours. I love my Patronus. It's adorable. I just want to wrap it up yes. in a little blanket the and carry it around. Pine Martin? Yeah. yeah. I have a shirt yeah. now that says Pine I, Martin. I, I, I remember. Yeah, she got a Pine Martin. It's so cute. Hmm. I think that's fascinating. You haven't read Harry Potter and you're in the sort of literary industry. Yeah, yeah no, I, um, for whatever reason, it kind of was in like a, a, blackout zone for me i guess i was Mm. when it came out i was already reading more adult stuff so i didn't go back to read Mm. the first couple and then after i missed the first couple i was like meh yeah not worried about the rest of it so (laughs) maybe someday it'll make its way back into my reading list but yeah it was just this i had already kind of moved beyond where that first book started and what i was reading so I don't know. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard to jump back in terms of reading comprehension. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. especially because I would—I don't remember what year it came out, but I would have been in some form of either middle school or junior high when it came out. So yeah. you know, especially then, it's like, well, I'm already reading, you yeah. know, these especially, books at that age. Especially, you don't want to. You'd you'd think you're going backwards. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so. Mm-hmm. I can't read Harry Potter. I'm reading A Tale of Two Cities this year. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, you know. Welcome to my world. See it. Harry Potter, I'm in this Hemingway novel. What are you yes. talking about? Yeah. See, and I was... I'm not a fantasy guy. We've talked about that on the mm-hmm. show more than once. I'm not a fantasy guy. I had nothing against fantasy for our mm-hmm. listeners and my friends who are into fantasy. It's just not my thing. But, uh... Um, one of my friends, I was in college, so one of my friends uh, was telling me after the the fourth one, um, the uh, Goblet of Fire, they kept telling me, like, no, you need to check these books out. And she was, like, she was several years older than I was. She was my boss at the library I worked at in college. Huh. So she kept telling me, no, you need to give these books a chance. And I'm like, but they just seem like kids stuff. I'm really not interested. I'm not into the whole magic and wizards thing. And she was like, no. They get more adult as mm-hmm. they go. Yeah. They get darker. They get more serious and everything. And then she, and this is for anybody who hasn't read them, spoiler coming up. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to say turn off the episode. I'm just going to say fast forward like a minute. Yeah. Go for yeah, it. Come don't, back. Don't turn off the episode. <laughs> don't, just, don't turn off the episode. Just fast, do it. fast forward like a minute from now. Yeah. She told me about when uh, Cedric Diggory gets killed mm-hmm. and the Voldemort's line, kill the spare, 
And I was like, okay, I'll give it a try. And then I went back and read them and I became a big fan. And then I bought all the rest the day they came out and everything like that. Yeah. So, and by the way, if you did fast forward, you're safe now. Yeah. <laughs> I was also an anomaly when I worked at the bookstore. Yes. Because everybody was like super into it. And I'm like, what are you guys into? Like, what is this thing? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I'm not worried about it. Well, in the library. He's got a star. There's like, uh, there's like a snake guy. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> oh, you need, you need some fantasy wizard book for your kid. There's a thing called Harry Potter. I don't know if you heard of it or yeah. not. <laughs> well, and the, yeah. weird, the weird thing is after college, I worked at a library system. Yeah. And the two big series that everybody was checking out, it was so amusing to me because it was kind of like a rural area. Yeah. It was, uh, so the library system was, it was in a rural area. Some parts were more suburban and other parts were more rural in this library system, mm-hmm. the county that it was in. The two series that everybody was checking out, for most of the kids, they were reserving like crazy the Harry Potter books. And for most of the adults, it was the Left Behind series. Wow. And the two audiences, like, the Left Behind people hated the Harry Potter stuff. Like, they thought it was devil worship. It was... It was it was fun watching the people get all riled up about the That's Harry awesome. Potter stuff, like the Left Behind people. It, it was it was good fireworks. I like it. Yeah. So you guys didn't have the sharks and the jets. You had like the Rapturists <laughs> yes. and the uh, the Budgers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> Which was awesome. You're lucky the oh. mouth to hell didn't open up in your lobby. I'm surprised it didn't. Yeah, because you're very lucky. Not. Not to knock the left behind people, mm-hmm. but some of them were rather rabid in their beliefs and <laughs> not very open minded about other belief systems. Yes. I'll just leave it at yeah. that. That was very kind. Well yes. done. Yes. That is uh that is going to I think that's gonna be a sticking point for some people with the magician sin is I do um mm-hmm. one of the one of the aspects of my world building is that all mythology is true. Mm. So yeah, Greek right. mythology, Norse mythology, Christian mythology, oh, Hindi wow. mythology, it's all real. That's awesome. That's really cool. That is really cool. Like, you just, because usually, you know, people will commit to one uh-huh. mythology, but you have committed to all of the mythologies. Yes. And. So the the real, the real magic behind it is actually human thought and prayer. So that is, I have taken the power away from gods and I have sort of flipped it on its head where the gods have yeah. tricked us into worshiping them and that's how they get their, all their power. The Christian God is just the best marketing person right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. That like gives a whole new aspect to thinking about religion. Like just mm-hmm. thinking about it as a giant marketing scheme. That's brilliant. Yeah, his angels are the best PR people in the world. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Uh, Man, nice. That's nice. great. Uh huh. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we I, just we just had a moment over here. Yeah, we did like just have absorbing a what you're saying. It was yes. it was a little bit like when we were talking to like Palumi and she would say something and we would just sit here like whoa. Yeah. Like so we're just absorbing what you're saying. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, and there are there are tricks that the gods who aren't god I need to come up with a name for him. That's not god because they're all gods. Yeah, right, right. Um mm-hmm. so like in the sequel there is a person who is running for mayor in Titan City whose slogan is, I believe in this person. I'm not going to tell you which person it is because yeah. that's a spoiler, but yeah. right. they have found a way to sort of trick the system into having people say, I believe in this person, so they can get a little juice back. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. Man, your book sounds incredible. I think mm-hmm. everybody should buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, for serious. Like, it just, I mean... <clears throat> 
you can tell just the way that you talk about it that it's like you live there. It's mm-hmm. like you are a reporter walking down the street telling the stories of the people that are there. And yeah. I think that amount of commitment to the story and then to the time to write it, everybody needs to go out and buy your book. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And, and if you want to buy the book, yeah. the link is going to be on our website. Yes, it is. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Yeah, I was very lucky. I actually have, there's a physical brick and mortar store here in Columbus who agreed to carry five copies on release day. So I can't wait to head down there and take pictures and sign things and be surreal and in a weird (laughs) mood for the rest of the day. That is so cool. That's awesome. Which one? Which store? Uh, It's called the Book Loft. It's in German Village. It's this really interesting, I think it used to be a manor house. Yeah. And now it's like 32 rooms that are just full of books. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That place is cool. I've never been there, but I've heard about it. I want to go. <laughs> I went to school up in Columbus, not at the giant university oh, nice. that's in Columbus, but a bit uh, north of there. And yeah. so I used to be in the city a lot, and that place is really cool. So you weren't at the Ohio State University? I was not. Nope. I was not there. I was at... Were you at a Ohio State University? No. I, I, well, I was at... I was at the Ohio Wesleyan University. (laughs) (laughs) So, yep. Nice. Well, I think uh, we have come to the part of the podcast that always gets us all all riled up here. Yes. Creating controversy after controversy after controversy. Yes. Yeah, we're going to get in trouble with this one. Yeah, we are. It's all right. It's fine. It's all good. (laughs) We curse. The Harry Potter people are going to be mad at us. Yeah. Yeah. Rapture people are going to be mad at us. Yep. You know, it's all good. That's what we do. Asshole wizards are going to be mad at us. (laughs) Yeah. He was going to be mad at us anyway. Okay. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But... We have three questions that we ask all of our guests when they come on our show because yes. um, they are an interesting point of conversation for us mm-hmm. and they are sometimes polarizing for us. Yes. So um, if you are ready, we will ask you our three questions. Yes. All right, but one of them is not what's your favorite color, right? Because I don't want to go in the pit. <laughs> uh, no. Well, that's the fourth question. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well... <laughs> I mean, if we get there. Yeah. <laughs> if we get there. Um, so our first question to you, and I feel like I'm going to just I think we crawl know where... under a table and cry in a minute. I have a feeling we know where this one's <laughs> yeah, going. Yeah, but... um, Are you a plotter or a pantser? I am a plotter. Yes. I write very detailed outlines, and I have a whole almost assembly line process to creating my books. The first thing I do is I come up with the base idea of what I want to write. And then I go into a big research phase where I, especially with the magician sin stuff, because it's all set in a different time period. And I want to make sure I get all of that right. Like I found out they didn't have high fiving in 1933. Wow. That really? And somebody called me out on that in a beta redraft. Yeah. That's really fascinating, actually. I was like, that seems so natural. What do you mean they didn't high-five? What did they do? (laughs) Nobody congratulated anybody prior to 1977. Right, yeah, yeah. There's no no way. They gave hearty handshakes, but whatever. Mm. They tipped their Um, Yes. And then after the research, I'll do an outline. And my outline is um, I do 
a two-paragraph synopsis of the whole story, and then I break that down into scenes, and then I write those scenes on index cards, and I lay them out in a big line on the floor or on the wall if I can find enough space, and I look at the whole story as those index cards, and I shuffle them around as I need them to, and I make sure they're... I color code them by which character is the point of view character for that chapter. And it's a whole, it's like a serial killer's den in my outlying <laughs> area. I'm picturing a, no offense. I'm picturing a murder board with like twine connecting different things. And like, you know, a dark room where only your computer screen is lighting things up. And I love it. So I wish I had the yarn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Somebody actually has a more detailed process than I, I do. That's, a, that's amazing that, yeah. to me. And this, I love it. This is like, and I have to admit it's, it's moderately foreign to me. And I think it's really cool because that's not my process in any way whatsoever, yeah. but um, I don't think there's a wrong way to write books. I just, no, I agree. No. This is the way that works for me. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that truly is incredible. Like, it just, like I said, I think it just goes back into the amount of detail that you want to put mm -hmm. into your world. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it brings up a point that we've talked about multiple mm -hmm. times on our show. There's no right or wrong way to do it. No. It's what works for you. Yeah. You have to do the thing that works for you that cranks your novel out. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. And I'll be honest, like most of my career has just been dumb luck. <laughs> like my, uh, my gaming career, I got that started because the creator of Mutants and Masterminds got put into one of my games by lottery <laughs> at the convention I was running games at. Huh. And oh. I showed up to that game with just the characters and a one-sentence idea of what the game was going to be about, and I made up everything on the fly. That's and he had a great time. Awesome. And then afterwards, nice. I was like, "Hey, do you think I could write for you?" Yeah. And he got me in. He got me in touch with his editor, and that was that. The rest is history. Wow! Awesome. That's a great story. It is a great story. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then my. I mean, The Magician's Sin only got published out of luck, too, because I am um, Kyanite Publishing, the publisher I work with. Mm -hmm. They put out a bi-monthly um, science fiction and fantasy speculative magazine. Right. So it has short stories similar to like what they did in Astonishing Tales and Weird Stories and stuff like that. Yeah. And I had an Anson, that's the main character of The Magician's Sin, I had an Anson short story Um and they loved it, and I was like, I've got a book. And they said, oh, give it to us. We want to publish it. So I I avoided the rejection phase entirely because oh of some luck. Nice. You lucky. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I fully admit that it's dumb luck that has propelled me through life. <laughs> that's, no, that's great. That's, that's There's awesome. There's an old saying. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yep. Agreed. Not saying mm -hmm. you're not good. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. <laughs> So, second question. We get our best ideas at inopportune times, yeah, in yeah. the shower, in the car. Mm -hmm. Where do you get your best ideas? Oh, boy. Um, almost all of my best ideas come, like, in the last five minutes before I fall asleep at night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a good place. And then mm -hmm. I have to wake up, and I keep a little notepad on my nightstand. Yeah. So if I have to write something down, if I think it's a good enough idea, because it might be a good idea to three o'clock in the morning, Alex, but not to <laughs> you know, noon, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. When you're and, trying to decipher your scribbles, you're like, yes. did I say hen or pen? <laughs> I can't read my own handwriting. Why am I like this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that Seinfeld episode, the flaming globes of Sigmund or yeah. whatever the line was. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Um, I do get some pretty good ideas in the shower too, but at that point I can't just dive out of the shower. I have to just say the idea out loud until I get out of the shower, yeah. which makes me feel like a crazy person. I no, completely understand. There have been numerous car rides where I'm just like saying the same thing over and over and over again until I can get to a place to write. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Yeah, Please, right. don't yeah. go away. Please don't go away. <laughs> I re- I'm, I'm singing. I, s- I swear I'm singing in the car. <laughs> <clears throat> and our final question. Which, this one is so much fun. Um, yes. This is your opportunity. What would you like to plug today? You can plug anything you want, and please tell us what you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Am I plugging something of mine or something of somebody else? Whatever you whatever want. It could be want. a restaurant in Columbus for all we care. Yeah, we whatever care. you want to plug. This is your platform to plug whatever you want on Shameless Plugs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Um, that's too much power. <laughs> we have given you the power back. Yes. <laughs> um, so outside of the magician sin, which this whole episode sort of been a plug for, please go buy it. It's great. Yes. Um, I will say that there is a gaming convention coming to Columbus in June called Origins Game Fair. That is like the second largest gaming convention in America. And I will be there running, 13 role-playing games, including two that are set in the Titan City universe. So if you want a chance to come and play with the characters of the novel, show up and I'll get you into the game. It'll be great. What? That's so cool. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Last night, uh, last night I actually ran a, uh, I ran a Titan City game here and everybody had a great time. And my publisher gave me a book to give away to one person. So. Wow. Very cool. That was a lot of fun. Oh my gosh, yeah, everybody, all of our outlets, go buy his book and then crash yeah. his convention. Do yeah. It. Do it. Yeah, crash it. I don't mind seeing people. Nice. We'll know if I'm you one don't. of those weird authors who's not really an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we'll know. We'll know yeah. if you don't show yeah, if you up. Yeah, if you don't go, we'll know. Yeah, we'll know. Go. Mm-hmm. go. Yeah, go I'm actually setting a timer now, so yeah. I'll be Good. at the convention center until June. Hurry up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to buy the book today and read it beforehand, so, mm-hmm. I mean... If- yeah, go buy the book. We know you're listening in Sweden right now. Get to Come Ohio. Come on, Sweden. <laughs> Come on, Sweden. Ohio and Sweden are basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Step up your game, Scandinavia. <laughs> we have a lot less Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> the number's not zero, yeah, it's but it's not. a lot less. It, yeah. I, I mean, there's a whole Germanic influence in Ohio, yeah, you know. Yeah, it's all good. We're, we're fine. Yeah, that's us. We're presidents. Astronauts and Vikings. That's just, that's all of us. Yeah. Presidents, astronauts, yeah. and Vikings. Yeah. Should be the new tagline on the Ohio commercials. Yeah. They do like, you know, Ohio. Come to Ohio. The only way to escape is escape velocity. <laughs> oh, I love it. And marketing. Yes. <laughs> all right. I think that does it for another episode. Thank you to our guest, Alexander Thomas, first and foremost. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. It was great having you on the show. Yeah. We really, really appreciated you coming on. Yes. And as always, thank you to our outlets. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for another episode. Yeah. Go by the Magician's Sin. Yes. Please. Absolutely. Do it. Links will be on our site. Yeah. Links to the convention will be on our site as well. And where can they find you? Our listeners. Uh, so I'm at www.alexanderwrites.com. Okay. So W-R-I-T-E-S. Not Alex, not Alex is right, but Alex is right. <laughs> yes. 
And right. uh, I'm on Twitter at Alexander Wright three. Perfect. All right. All righty. Well, we will get all of those links on our website. And again, thank you so so much. All right. Oh, thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.